Hello, Judith of Mad Love Podcast. It's Barbara J. Faison from the Why Struggle Podcast calling in to say happy, happy, happy new year to you, sending you so much abundance and prosperity and wealth and whatever it is you desire for 2018. And just continue to share your gifts with us out on this podcast station and nation this anchor nation just wanted to call in to say hello and wish you all the best and thank you for all that you bring to the platform be ever wonderful my friend hey everybody out there hope you had a great january 1st the first day of 2018 got one down 364 more to go um in 2018 i'm really gonna make a better effort at not saying um but I probably won't be successful at it because apparently I say, um, all the time. Anyway, <laughs> hope you had a great day. Looking forward to sharing this year with you. New opportunities, new adventures, new stories, new rants from me. And uh, just continue to grow with the community. Uh, I've really enjoyed my time on Anchor. And I've watched it kind of grow. So hopefully I will figure out a way to grow this podcast and grow the community because I really enjoy my time. I really enjoy doing this. So hope all is well. Have a great evening. If you are cold like I am, wherever you are, stay warm. And let's just knock this year out. Let's just punch 2018 in the face. All right. You enjoying this? You all right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool question. Well, you know, I try to keep... Sometimes people talking about the past, it's like they get a little bored. But so I'm trying no, to it's a, for me, it's just like giving the truth. You know what I'm saying? Like, you need to understand who Tim Mosley was. Let me show you what I had to overcome to get to this to a glory point. Or not even reach my glory point yet, but look where I'm at. You know what I'm saying? But look at the obstacles that I had to face. Iconic record producer, songwriter, and performer, Timbaland reinvented the sound of hip-hop and R&B in the 90s and then created definitive works with Beyonce, Justin Timberlake, and Jay-Z. This is his blueprint. Growing up, was there a person in your life that opened your eyes to the possibilities of being a musician as a profession? There was nobody like to open my eyes up as being a profession. You know, it was like, it was a gift that was untamed. I had no guidance, but I had this amazing gift. So I didn't think that, cause I was making a beat on a Casio keyboard. I didn't think a Casio keyboard would turn into this. What was the first beat you ever made? What did it sound like? I remember making it with my mouth and it was like and Then my friend Cam was like, yo, do that again. And, and he was like, yo, you kind of dope. And then you took that and, and eventually started sort of emulating that on the keyboard. I took 
Like, all I had when mom brought me a keyboard, a Casio keyboard, and all I had was one second. So I had to manipulate one second. So I said, and speed it up on a tape deck and resample it back into the keyboard at like double time. Like I speak, it is weird, but it won't be on beat. So I had to find the click. So like, so I was like, man, one second, what you can do in one second. And I just took that and then that's when Missy came. So that was in high school? I was in high school. And what was that chemistry like between you and Missy in those first sessions you guys are hanging out? Man. Missy let me, gave me confidence. She let me know that your beats is dope. She used to hear it and sing over it and that just like, bug me out like I never heard that I, I still then was like what is this so she introduced my ears to melody and that's when I start hearing melody and and something I start understanding rhythms of what I was doing but it was her to kind of introduce me to being who I am today so in high school you're running with Missy Pharrell is around uh, the Thornton brothers later, the, the clips are there as well. Did that feel totally normal to you or did you have a sense of the level of musicianship that you were be bearing witness to? Man, I was so young. I didn't like, it's like, I felt like a superhero when I watched like Marvels. I'm like, <laughs> I'm this guy who has his power, but who didn't understand his power. I'm just a guy, we were just people that was always in our own zone. I knew Pharrell was dope because we made dope songs <laughs> in in our house. And he wrote this song, um, Look in the Water. Look in the water. I was like, man, you should always keep writing songs. And so we were just people just passing off ideas, never thought it would grow to be, at least I didn't. Missy introduces you to Devante Swing from Jodeci. You're a teenager. They're grown men, very successful at that point. How did you ingratiate yourself to them and, and become a part of that whole scene? You know, Missy brought me in and she said, it's this producer that we want to bring in. Devonte, by the grace of God, was open to it. I came down there. I'm just like anybody else who might look up to me. I'm looking up to him like, man. So he's showing me the studio life but then I start making beats and when I was around him, he's like, you pretty dope. And when he said I was dope, I was like, whoa, this, you know, and it made me just want to better, but I wanted to watch him more, to learn more so I can build my craft. Are you feeling like you are, like this is a viable option for as a career for you by this point? I always look at it like this. I always hear this story and this story sticks with me. And and I heard, actually heard this person say it, and that's Quincy Jones. He didn't make Thriller till he was 50. He had records. Quite a few. Right? But when he made Thriller, the whole spectrum changed. Now, I take that same model because look what he had to work with and look what I got to work with. 
Everything that I couldn't do back then, I can do today because everything is available to me. Thriller could come in a different type of way. It's not the size of it, it's not what it sells. You know, those things are once of a lifetime, but it's about the moment. Speaking of thriller moments, in 1996, you have the Aaliyah album and Genuine, and you introduced all of these really unorthodox sounds in the melody part. I mean, Pony, for example, that is, I believe, you doing the, the, the main melody, yes, right? I can't even take the credit for that. I got to say, it was a plug-in. Not, no, it wasn't even a plug-in. It was a module that nobody used, and I took two sounds and made that sound. I had one that said womp, and I just put it like a voice and wow, and then just gave it that sound. And I just sampled it and made it one. So I kind of did do it, but I didn't do it with my mouth. Okay. But the way I manipulated it to make it sound like it was my mouth. Do you know when you make a hit record? No. And, I, and I'm glad I don't. Because I used to. Oh, that's a hit. That's a hit. And when you get caught up into that, it's like a, a spirit that comes with that. And it's like an arrogancy. You know what I'm saying? So I try to stay away from that because I got caught up into that. And when you get caught up into that, you just kind of like slack on your music. You slack on it and you just take it for granted. And you think you something that you're not. The beauty of a hit is not knowing it's a hit, but you know it feels good. You know what I'm saying? So sometimes it's like you, you kind of can feel it, but it's, it's always good to just be humble and just be like, you know, just love the music that you created. You know what I'm saying? And like, and let it be. That's what got me to this point, is I let it be. I knew it was a feeling. Like when I did Sexy Back, I knew it was a feeling. And everybody was like, that ain't it. I'm like, yes, it is. That's the one. After getting his footing with Missy, Aaliyah, and Jodeci, Tim found his voice and transitioned into the next chapter of his career with help from Sean Carter and a former boy bander. When you and Timberlake made uh, Cry Me a River, how long from finishing that record did it, did it take for you two to decide to work exclusively on the next record together? Music speaks to the soul in funny ways. And it's like, with Cry Me a River, it's, I could see, like, I watched him come in the studio. I just watched his body language. And I went in the booth. And I and I knew that sound would move him in a different way because I knew the chemistry that we both had. I'm like, man, me and him got something. You know what I'm saying? Like musically, we we owned something. And it's like I didn't have to say it. It's like we both knew at that time, and that's how our team. You know, form. So when, when you make a record like Future Sex Love Sound, and it is this enormous moment, both musically and in pop culture, and the dust settles, and it's time to make the next record with that artist, how do you approach that, like philosophically? What happened five years ago is like, if I ain't seen you in five years, and you see me in five it's the energy of two people. So. It's the energy of how you know what's going to go next. You don't know. You just know 
it's either good or bad. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you, and then it kind of, you gotta, if it's bad, you gotta revisit. But every time with him, it's like, I go off of his energy, what he feeling, he feel my energy. We both look at each other like you, we say, just like how we, me and you. You ready? I'm like, yeah, I'm ready. What you, what you wanna do? I wanna knock the ears off. How you wanna do it? Yeah, go like, I think I got an idea, buddy. Let's go pull up some sound. And that's how we start. Another person who you've had uh, many epic collaborations with is Jay-Z. When he first reached out for volume two, at the time, you hadn't really done very much straight rap music. You'd done a ton of R&B music, <laughs> and a little bit with Magoo, but he reaches out. What was your expectation of what he was looking for? I didn't. I just followed his rhythm. He had an idea. He said, um, first, the first beat I did, and I heard him mumbling the rap. You know what? So he started mumbling the flow. And I was like, oh, so for me, I saw the cadence of what he was doing. And I said, oh, give me five minutes. I put on my headphones. Yeah, I, I said, there you go. He was like, five minutes. I gave him the headphones. And he was like, and it fit to Jigga what? Jigga who? And that's when I knew we had chemistry. What do you feel like you bring out of him that is completely unique? With Jay-Z, it's like he brings, like for me, it's a challenge of his mind. So I'm like, let me challenge, see if he can flow to this rhythm. So he'll make, he'll bring, because the way he flow and how he say and put the stories together, I wanted to put the music to match, to make the theme of the whole operation be like, this is a masterpiece. Like, bing, bing, you touch the clothes on my... It's like, I wanted to make how when he first said the rap to me, um, you know, on that song, Holy Grail, and then Hey Poppy, I remember we were somewhere, he's like, we were, I think it was a Leah party, right, for her birthday, I believe. And he said, uh, yo, I got this. I was in the shower, blah, blah, blah. And he said, I want to say, hey, he said, the teachers are freaking pumping, and we should stay tonight. He told you, I said, woo. So I go back to the studio. And I was just, I remember, bah, bah, bah. So I, I remember his, the melody he was saying, so I said, bah, bah, bah. so I already, I saw the vision for the, for the rap. So it's like, he gave me kind of new ideas, you know what I'm saying? I had to kind of attack a beat in a way, you know, it, it, it was weird. And I think that I always wanted to make the sonics of my beats and the music behind the beats to match the theme of his raps. So we've talked a lot about how things have changed, particularly like in the technology. One of the big things is streaming. 
Is it frustrating that a huge part of your catalog with Aaliyah is not available to the world right now? It's not my catalog, you know what I'm saying? It's my music, you know what I'm saying? So I don't own, you know what I'm saying, when I can't control that. So and, and you're at peace with that? I feel like when the time is right, it will be released. I feel like you can't hold nothing from the universe. That you, you know, the universe wanted, it would get it. So as kids going back now, like, yo, this girl was dope. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So now might could be the time. Throughout, particularly those peak years of your career, you seem to sort of step in and out of trying to start a label. You had the Beat Club, and then you had the Mosley Music Group. Was being an executive not as fulfilling as you perhaps thought it could be? Man, when I look back at it, I think just not understanding the roles of life, you know what I'm saying? And I think I had a, a good ear, but I wasn't the guy to run a, run a label. I can bring it in, I don't know how to function it, and didn't know how to ask for help to function. You get what I'm saying? Because ego, when I should have said, look, I don't know what I'm doing. How do we do this? Somebody help me, you know what I'm saying? Like, and Jimmy was the best mentor, you know, at that moment. Like, Tim, you know, you're so emotional, you can't, be emotional going into business. He used to say that, you know what I'm saying? I never understood it. And he always used to really, I remember, tried to sit me down and, like, give me certain ropes. You should be doing this, I'm telling you. But me in my own head, thinking, no, you should be doing. No, you should be going. No, you should be, you know what I'm saying? And that's when just inexperienced, just not ready. I had to build a team around me at the same time, like find what I'm good at and find what I'm not good at. And now I have that core base around, just like I envisioned, and I'm growing just as well as they growing, but it's the right growth. And I think I'm on the right path now. By the late aughts, Tim's production was omnipresent, but as his artistic reach expanded, so too did his ego, testing his relationships and sense of balance along the way. Throughout this conversation, you've talked a lot about sort of a newfound perspective that you have, and you alluded to this coming in part from what you went through over the last few years in dealing with addiction. Can you tell me a little bit about what happened and, and, and what you've taken away from that? Um, you know, I heard T.I. say once, and he was, he's so right, um, God don't give you nothing that you can't bear or get out of, you know, situations. He, 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 he don't put us in something that the self-destruction is, it's a matter of you being strong and understanding, like, you can get out of this, you know what I'm saying? You got in it, you can get out of it. So, for me... I think one of my beauties or a gift that I love about me, a trait that if I had to, is when I put my mind to something, I really go. And even though I had an injury, 
you know, and that's how they get you. You know, you got injuries like football players. You know, they get addicted. And you t t taking it and you get addicted. Since it was yeah, getting like, shot. Yeah, and like, you know, and then I started working. The arm started hurting. It's just weird. And next thing you know, you own it. One day, I, I remember clear as day waking up and being like, oh, no. And that was it. What, what happened? I don't know. It's like some people can relate. It's hard. I, it's, I can't really explain it. It's one of them things. Like it's like it's a God gift. Like to snap you out of it. Like it's just like no more. You hear a voice say no more, or like, and you just I woke up and just went hardcore and just said bump that. What did you feel like the the pills were? medicating for you like emotionally uh, I don't I don't you know it's just a bit, a bit so long so I can't even tell I just know it just feel good it's just a and then after a while whatever you you know I think it whatever the feeling was that I wanted to create when you take that pill it, it would happen so I guess the feelings of feeling good <laughs> you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying I think and then it took the stress levels or dealing with life you know regular this regular this stuff in your mind once God broke me away and just like said no more like that voice no more is like all I saw was who I'm becoming today that's all I saw like at the end of the road so it was like walking down a road that I know that gonna have to be a moment of truth you're gonna have to strip down to build back up you know what I'm saying and to become the person that God wanted you be, that God wanted me to become and also what I know I could become what happened to the music my fingers didn't feel disconnected to the keyboard and how I was touching it fell off and then that's when I'm like the big blow you know what I'm saying? I look back at like, once me and the music disconnect, oh no, oh no. <laughs> like, it go, we gonna find each other. And that's what we like. God gave me the gift of music and that's how God speaks to me, you know, through music, through sound, you know, and I hear his voice and I'm like, oh, we should move this way. So it's like, I gotta do a cleanup, you know what I'm saying? And I, firing people in my crew, just, Reach, revamp. Re I know I had to strip that, like stuff that I always try to escape or whatever. I had to deal with a moment of truth. You know what I'm saying? Everybody goes to their moment of truth. Some people don't make it through their moment of truth, and some people give up. You know, now I look back and like, I can do anything. How long did it take from that that morning when you wake up and decide to kick the drugs until? You were back in the studio and felt like I got it back. I realized that I felt back in love with music again. So it's not about what I realized is we didn't have the same love, mutual love before. So now it's like, it's not about getting it back. It's about loving it, loving it back, like bringing it back into you. like doing what you always would have, would have done when I was 12 years old. I feel like a kid again now when I do it. I'm like, I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm like, wow, I ain't done this in a long time. 
So it's the stuff you haven't done in a long time, but still excites you like it was the first time. That's that's when you know you own to something. Would you characterize yourself as a competitive person? So the old Tim was very competitive, but in his head competitive, right? To where you, you can make up things that not even don't even exist. What got me in the door was me just loving music and me just doing what I think the world needs, at least a part of it. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like now I'm not competitive. I embrace all newness because it just makes me better. You know, when I see something like, oh, I didn't know you can do that. And I'm like, oh, man. And then, you know, people share information. Information is key. And these young producers really be knowing how to flip the computer and the sounds that I might not be savvy about, but hear it but they're gonna show me the way how to do it. And I'm like, all you gotta do is that. It's like, so now I love to collaborate. Everybody got a strength. Somebody might do 808s, amazing. And then there's this guy who know how to make warp sounds that sounds different from anybody else. So you put all that, you put what I do, you put that all together. Now you got a masterpiece. What does success look like for you today? Mm, success looks like being humble, just enjoying the blessing, the blessing as they come, and just never changing your mo. Like if you at a, if I'm at a right now, I'm at a peaceful level. I'm I'm happy with myself. I'm changing myself every day. So for me, it's like I ready to start high when I first came in keep my, you only good as your team. So my team, I tell just keep that away from me. Let me, don't, I don't never want to leave this zone of creation. I don't, it's like, and once you know who you are, it's like understanding who you are. I still got more going to do, you know what I'm saying? Like, I still, I still haven't tapped into the big one yet. I did big moments, but it's it making me now to be like, no, it's still much more. It might take you 20 years to get to get to that thriller moment. It might take 30 years to get to that thriller moment. It might take 40. Like I said, I would know that moment. And you want to stay on course and just always go and respect point A to point B to point C to point D and just look back at it and just acknowledging it and be like, wow. Check out that complex uh, interview with Timbaland. I'm guessing if you got to this piece that I'm making right now, you did listen to it. But uh, if you want to see the words coming out of his face, check it out on YouTube. I included the link. Um, it's from Complex. 
Uh, they do some really interesting stories and they try to motivate people. And what I really enjoy is hearing some of the backstories, some of the motivation, how people become who they are. And one thing I hope everybody notices is that almost no one has a path that they have clearly defined for them. They just don't like whether it's high school, whether it's I'm working this job and I need to do something else. I got fired or whatever it is, something happens and it changes the trajectory of their life and it, of their lives. And it wasn't because they were super prepared or had all the money in the world or uh, they just they just started walking and the path sort of developed underneath their feet, which is counterculture to our brain our brain is wired for fight or flight we are wired to survive so if people are comfortable chances are they're not going to try something you know radical they're not going to do something you know like oh i ain't gonna quit my job and like that sounds crazy but what a lot of people struggle with is you hate your life you quietly uh feel like dirt because you hate your job you hate your partner you hate your life you hate whatever all these things going on in your life and it's like you know you don't like your friends you don't like anybody and you're unhappy and you're miserable but you feel comfortable enough in that to stay in that you know and I've always said well I haven't always said it because I just realized this in the last 10 years but when you get comfortable in your your uncomfortable comfort zone there's a problem you shouldn't be comfortable in uncomfortable spaces and you know part of venturing out and changing your life and maybe starting a business isn't for you so maybe not focus so much on that but like Timbaland said focus on the thing that that makes you excited like it's the first time you did it like maybe that should be your job and somehow figure out how that can become a way for you to make money and sustain your life um and you got to remember you don't need to make 200 million dollars that's that's another company's job a big company has to haul in hundreds of millions of dollars to make payroll you don't got to make that much money to survive realistically you you i'm gonna guess most people could live pretty well off fifty thousand dollars a year if they don't have a whole bunch of expenditures but i mean just keep it lean is my point um but if you have children you know i get it but pick the number for you that's realistic find a way to do something you love to hit that number that people will pay you for that's really what it boils down to and it will make you just you can't even begin to understand how much happier that'll make you and then you'll start to pick better better uh you'll feel better about yourself you'll start to you know have better relationships with your friends and family you'll start to attract better people into your life um I mean, that's made all the difference in my life. So I just want to share that interview with you guys. I hope that you find these uh, links and interviews from YouTube um, inspirational. I don't know if that's the right word. Just I just want to fill in the blanks for some people and make you realize that a lot of people just start wandering into the forest and they come out <laughs> having you know an amazing career that they never even intended like they didn't really know that that's what was going to happen they were just following their passion so 
I guess that's my point. Follow your passion. And I hope that when I post these that you find them interesting and entertaining. Uh, I've gotten some feedback that people dig them. But anyway, this is for my friends who are unhappy and want to make changes and just aren't sure how. I'm saying all I have to say, don't wait till it's perfect. Just do it. Life is short. Have a wonderful day. Thank you.